Welcome to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. I'm your host, JJ Peters. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. In today's episode, we have a plethora of topics to, dig- to get into. It includes Week 9 NFL highlights, college football update, Chase Elliott wins the NASCAR Cup, Masters preview, and much more. But again, before we start to go into dive into t- some topics, we got some things to get into. And that first starts with our poll question. Uh, you can vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the question was, are you watching the Masters this weekend? Right now, most of you said you will watch the Masters this weekend. That also includes myself. I'll have definitely a fun time watching the Masters this weekend. But since today is Veterans Day, I'd like to give a shout out to all the men and women who served in the military. If it wasn't for the military, this podcast, along with everything here in the U.S., would not be possible. So again, for all of us here at the STP pod, we say thank you to our brave men and women of the military. Also in sad news, Tom Hyenson of the Boston Celtics has passed away at the age of 86. He was an eight-time NBA champion, six-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, and former Coach of the Year. He played with the Celtics all nine years of his career, and after three years of retirement, he coached the team for nine seasons. He also won two NBA titles as a coach and won Coach of the Year in 1973. After coaching, he became a color commentator with the Celtics until 2019. So we'd like to give our condolences to the Hyenson family, the Boston Celtics organization, and any fan that watched him as a player and coach. Uh, first, today we're going to talk about the 2020 AL and NL Rookie of the Year. For the next few days, all the awards for the MLB will be announced. But on the November 9th, the AL and NL Rookie of the Year was announced, and Kyle Lewis and Devin Williams were selected as the Jackie Robinson AL and NL Rookie of the Year. Kyle Lewis, Kyle Lewis was the second base for the Mariners, was unanimously the AL Rookie of the Year. His stats for 2020 were... He batted 262 batting average, 11 homers, 54 hits, and a 1.4 war. Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers was announced as the NL Rookie of the Year, despite being a reliever. Williams was the first pitcher in baseball history to be a reliever in baseball history to be named the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year, despite not having a start. His stats were .33 ERA and a 1.2 war. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm a little shocked that Devin Williams won. I'm not too stunned that Kyle Lewis won because I predicted he would win. Um, had a great season, was the Mariners' best player this year. And crazy part about it is the MLB did a uh, vote of who would make the All-Star game if they had one this year. And Kyle Lewis, Kyle Lewis was the starting second baseman. So that's uh, good news for the Mariners. They have a bright future. And I think Kyle Lewis can definitely be the face of the Mariners for a very long time. Uh, Devin Williams, a little shocking that he got uh, that he was named the rookie of or named the NL Rookie of the Year. He's a reliever. I understand he was the best reliever this season in the NL, but I'm not sure a reliever deserved the award. But again, uh, Devin or Devin Williams had a great season, so that's what they thought. Um, we'll also give you. Um, I know the NL and AL Manager of the Year was announced, but before when while the while this podcast was being made, the announcement was not yet at the time. All right, so we also want to talk about Chase Elliott winning the NASCAR Cup. Chase Elliott, the number nine car, wins his first NASCAR Cup. Elliott now becomes the third youngest driver in NASCAR history to win a cup. Only Bill Rexford and former teammate Jeff Gordon were younger when winning a championship. His father, Bill Elliott, won a cup back in 1988. With the win, Bill and Chase Elliott are the third father and son duo to capture a NASCAR Cup. Elliott won his sixth race this season and now has 11 wins, 11 cup wins in his career. Chase Elliott will not be the face of NASCAR and Hedrick Motorsports with former Jimmy Johnson retiring. Johnson had raced his last race on Sunday and now will switch part-time to IndyCar with Chip Ganassi Racing. 
The rest of the top five were Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, and once again, Jimmy Johnson. Thoughts? Well, I think it's safe to say Chase, Chase Elliott is now the face of NASCAR. With Jimmy Johnson racing his last race last Sunday at Phoenix, it opens the door for Chase Elliott to become the future of NASCAR. Chase Elliott, the number nine Chevrolet, was Jimmy Johnson's teammate. Hendrick Motorsports is in good hands following Jimmy Johnson's retirement from NASCAR. I could definitely see Elliott winning a few more cups and being the face of stock car and NASCAR racing for a very long time. He pretty much is NASCAR royalty even before he started racing with his dad being a former cup winner as well. It just makes sense for Chase Elliott to continue having success in NASCAR. Well, can Chase Elliott do it again next year? Well, I kind of said yes, but I think he can do it again next season. As I previously mentioned, I think Chase Elliott will win a few more cups in the future. Elliott is only 24 and has many years ahead of him. He's with a very good team in Hendrick Motorsports, so they will continue to help him have the best chances to compete for a win every single week. So I could definitely see Chase Elliott winning a second straight cup or at least making the championship four next season and beyond. Who will have the best shot to compete with Chase Elliott next season? Well, of course, I think Kevin Harvick will complete will, will compete again next year. Denny Hamlin is always good. He seems like he's so close, but he never seems to win it. Uh, Joey Logano and Brad Kozlowski, two former cup winners. Uh, Kyle Busch, another one. And maybe even his teammate, Alex Bowman, who had a nice, solid season. But we're in the offseason, and there's still many things needed to iron out for next year. Can Denny Hamlin have a good year with his new racing team? Does Kevin Harvick bounce back from a tough playoff disappointment? And who is the next racing phenom like Chase Elliott was? It'll be a very interesting offseason, to say the least. Now let's get to a Masters preview, a tradition like none other returns this week at Augusta National. The Masters, the greatest golf tournament in the world, is happening this week. The Masters is usually played in April, but because of the pandemic, they had to move it to November. Unfortunately, Augusta National is not allowing fans this year at this year's Masters. It'll be the first time there will be no spectators at the Masters in the 84-year existence of the greatest golf tournament in the world. Last year's winner, Tiger Woods, will hope to get his 16th major this weekend. Bryson DeChambeau, the reigning U.S. Open champ, will continue or will hope to get his second major. DeChambeau has been working on a new golf swing the last few months. Some other players to watch will be Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, and Jordan Spieth. My thoughts on the Masters this year. Well, first of all, it's, I'm glad we're actually having the Masters this season. For a while, we weren't sure if the Masters were going to happen. And then when they moved into November, we got excited, but then we kind of forgot about it because a bunch of other sports came back. But it's here. Less than a day away, so I'm very glad that we're actually having a Masters. Yeah, there's no fans, but hey, that just means more scoring or higher scoring for golfers. Um, can Bryson DeChambeau have an average of drive of more than 400 yards? Can Roy McIlroy complete the Grand Slam? Can Jordan Spieth get back on track? Can Dustin Johnson continue his brilliance after winning the FedEx Cup just a few months ago? And is Justin Thomas the best golfer in the world and get a second major? Well, we'll see all that, what happens at the Masters this weekend. Predictions for the Masters. Well, currently, I'm not sure if I actually have a guy or one guy winning, but Bryson DeChambeau right now is what a lot of people are saying. He is the reigning U.S. Open champ, and he's been dominant this year with how far he's been driving. A lot of people said that a few years ago, they tried to tiger-proof the Augusta National when Tiger Woods was at his best, but that actually helped Tiger because he was one of the longest hitters at the time. And I feel like a lot of people are even saying, and guys like Dan Patrick, host of the Dan Patrick show, said that if you try to if you try to make it longer, that plays right into Bryson DeChambeau's game because he is one of the he's the most powerful hitter in the game. So right now that would just help Bryson DeChambeau make it easier for him. 
also. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what if Tony Finau can finally get um, start or can he get his first major and can he finally break the mold of always finishing the top 10 but not being close or not being just being a little too short. We'll see. I'm hoping Tony Finau does well. Ricky Fowler is another guy that I hope gets back on track. But right now, I think Bryson DeChambeau right now has the edge on winning the Masters. Um, who is the advantage this year at the Masters? Well, I mean, it's clearly Bryson DeChambeau, maybe Justin Thomas. Um, Dustin Johnson right now is the number one player, our number one golfer in the world. So you would think he would have the advantage. He seems to always struggle at the majors. Um, he didn't do great at the U.S. Open. He did decent. But he didn't do great. He was great at the during the FedEx Cup playoffs, but it seems like after that he kind of started to go. But of course, then he tested positive. He came back last week at the Houston Open. Um, but we'll see how he does. But I think right now, again, the easy answer right now would be Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, let's get a quick NFL update here. Uh, bad news for Steelers fans is quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and three other players for Pittsburgh have been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Roethlisberger and three other players have not tested positive, but were someone around or were someone around who had contracted the infectious virus. They will have to quarantine for at least five days and will have to test negative to be able to play this Sunday. They will not be able to practice with the team, but are permitted to Zoom calls throughout the week. Matt Stafford and the Lions for the the Lions and Chris Jones for the Chiefs were placed in the COVID-19 reserve list last week, but were permitted to play on Sunday after testing negative for the virus that day. The players who are placed on the COVID-19 reserve list are normally players that don't have COVID, but have been around someone who did. They will have to travel by themselves or with their families, and they will not be able to travel with the team. Uh, let's get to a crazy college football this week. That includes fourth-ranked Notre Dame upsetting the number-one-ranked Clemson in double overtime, Michigan losing again this time to Indiana. Uh, USC and Texas both escape from getting upset. Georgia dominates Florida, and Alabama is now number one. And Cincinnati wins big, but somehow goes down in the rankings. I'll give my thoughts over the crazy college football weekend. First of all, Clemson losing Notre Dame. I didn't think that was going to happen, even with Trevor Lawrence out and freshman quarterback DJ Ungalele. I kind of killed that name, but um, I thought they were going to still win because I was impressed with how good DJ was. He's a five-star recruit, but they don't win, and Notre Dame looked a lot better. Ian Book deserves to be in the Heisman conversation. Um, I'm glad we got some sense of normalcy when Notre Dame stormed the field. Yeah, I think it's a little, um, a little, you know, a little crazy, but I'm just glad that. You know, we had some kind of normalcy in that game. Um, and, of course, Ian Book had the fumble in the end zone that I thought that would be the, uh, you know, that would be the tight or be the momentum shift in the game. It really wasn't. I mean, Clemson came back, but uh, Notre Dame was still able to win. Uh, I thought Georgia was better than Florida, but obviously I'm not right. And maybe Florida's back. It's been a while since Florida has been really good. And they just dominated Georgia. Georgia's defense struggled, and I would be worried a little bit. I think Georgia's kind of knocked themselves out of the championship game this year. But my goodness, did Florida just have a butt whooping on Georgia? Uh, is Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan now? Another loss. They started off the season not great. Um, could, is it time for Jim Harbaugh to go back to the NFL? Maybe he goes to the Detroit Lions, stays in the same state, because I doubt Matt Patricia is going to remain the coach. Um, USC and Texas both escaping. Uh, um, USC, first game of the year, not looking exactly like they should be ranked 20th. Texas might be a little overranked, too, because they struggled to beat West Virginia after having a big win against OK State. Um, and then, of course, uh, Alabama now the number one ranked team in the country. Not really a surprise. Um, I thought Cincinnati should have 
you know, I think Cincinnati should have been in the top five or top six. I don't think they should have went down to eight. I know they play in the American Athletic Conference. It's not a conference like the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, or Big 12. But, I mean, you gotta you got to put Cincinnati in there because I think Cincinnati could – could hang around any of the big boys and they're a very good football team. If you actually watch them, um, that comes up my next question. Would Clemson have won if Trevor Lawrence played simple, simply yes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is one of the best players in college football, definitely the most polarizing. And when you don't have that player, that's huge. Even if you have a really good replacement, which they did, but um, I think they would have won by at least one touchdown. Um, I guess we'll see because I think we'll likely see them in the college football or not college football. We'll likely see them at the ACC championship game because I think Clemson and Notre Dame are both better than Miami. Um, So we'll see what happens when Trevor Lawrence does play unless he gets hurt somehow. But I think when they do play in the championship game, Clemson wins and punches their ticket to the college football playoff. Uh, Reaction to the top 25 ranking. There's not much of a reaction. Uh, Alabama's number one. Notre Dame's two. Um, you know, Clemson's four, Cincinnati went down to eight. I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, Florida's in the top five, Texas A&M's a solid football team. Uh, Indiana in the top 10, that was a little shocking. They've had a great season, but they really haven't played a lot of good teams. Yeah, Michigan's decent, Penn State's decent, but they're not like they are in past. We'll definitely see how good Indiana is when they take on Ohio State in two weeks. Um, who is the best team in college football right now? Well, if Clemson had Trevor Lawrence, they would be. Uh, Notre Dame's not bad. Um, you know, Florida can't forget about Ohio state, but does Ohio state have enough games this year to where we can show them they're the best team in college football? Cause if they don't lose a game, they're likely going to get in the college football playoff. But right now I think Alabama is the best team. Um, but unfortunately speaking of Alabama, they are game versus LSU this week has been postponed. So players for both Alabama and LSU had tested positive and there's somewhat of an outbreak there. So that game is yet to be scheduled because December 12th, is actually supposed to be the postponement date, but LSU had to postpone and reschedule the game with Florida on that date. So they're likely not making the SEC championship game, but Alabama probably is. But if they don't make it, then they could reschedule December 19th. But there's a very good chance that that game is not played this year because there's really no rescheduling dates for either team. So that's disappointing because that's one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Now let's get to week nine NFL highlights. I'll give you the highlights of the biggest games in week nine. First, we stop in Indianapolis where the Indianapolis Colts hosted the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore was coming off a tough loss to the rival Pittsburgh, and the Colts were looking to show people they were legitimate contenders. Indianapolis defense had, or I mean, Indianapolis offense has struggled all year, but it's been their defense that has made them five and two. Phillip Rivers has not been great and has thrown a lot of interceptions this season. Baltimore is five and two. But a loss, two big games, and people are starting to doubt that the reigning NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, can win a big game, which simply isn't true because Lamar Jackson actually has a winning record versus winning teams. The game started out with the Colts in control. Indy would score in their, first two, or in their second possession thanks to a one-yard rush by Jonathan Taylor. The Colts' defense would get back-to-back stops on the Ravens' offense. However, Baltimore's first touchdown of the game would come on a football recovery that ended in a touchdown by safety Chuck Clark. The Colts would be able to get a field goal to make it a 10-7 lead at the break. The offense for the Ravens struggled in the first half, but were totally different in the second half. They turned the ball over once, but was able to get two touchdowns in a field goal and only had to punt once. Lamar Jackson would rush for one touchdown in the game. Lamar Jackson now ties Hall of Fame quarterback Dan Marino with the best record in his first 30 starts. The, the Baltimore Ravens would hold on to beat the Indianapolis Colts 24-10. Jackson is now 25-5 in his career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
Jackson also was perfect in the second half with his completion rating. He led the game 19 of 23 for 170 yards and one rushing touchdown. He also led the team in rushing with 58 yards. Nick Boyle had four receptions for 46 yards. Phillip Rivers was 25 of 43 for 227 yards and one interception. Jordan Wilkins led the Colts in rushing with 39 carries on 11 rushes. And Michael Pittman had 56 yards in the air. Panthers versus the Chiefs. The reigning Super Bowl champs were looking to get their eighth win in 2020 and remain the second best team in the AFC. The Panthers were trying to end their three-game losing streak and get Matt Rule's biggest win in his young coaching career in the NFL. But the game was much closer than most people anticipated. The Panthers would score on their first possession and take an early lead in the Super Bowl champs. They would have a 14-6 lead. The Chiefs would slim the Panthers' lead down to one thanks to a Patrick Mahomes touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson. But the Panthers still led 17-13 at the half. Kansas City would take a take the lead for the first time to make it 2017 thanks to a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes to Clyde Edwards Elaire. The score the Chiefs would score again and have their biggest lead as they would lead by 9-26-17. Carolina would continue to fight and trim the Chiefs lead down to two, but it wasn't good enough and would lose the Super Bowl champs 33-31 as Joey Sly missed a 66-yard field goal as time expired. Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes would throw for 372 yards and four touchdown passes. Clyde Edwards Elaire would rush for 14 carries on five or would rush for 14 yards on five attempts and Travis Kelsey had 10 receptions for 159 yards a big day in fantasy for Travis Kelsey Teddy Bridgewater would finish the game 36 of 49 for 310 yards two touchdown passes one rushing touchdown Christian McCaffrey had 69 yards and Curtis Samuel had nine receptions for 105 yards and one TD Bills versus the Seahawks. The 6-2 and two Bills were trying to prove the doubters they were a great football team. On the other hand, the Seahawks had one of the best offenses in the league led by MVP candidate Russell Wilson and up-and-coming wide receiver DK Metcalf. Seattle was 6-1 and one and trying to remain the best team in the NFC, but the game quickly got out of hand for Seattle. Buffalo would start the game leading 17-0. They would have a 24 lead at half. The Seahawks would turn the ball over three times in the second half and would continue to get blown out by the AFC East leading Bills. The Bills ended up beating the Seahawks 44-34. Josh Allen had 415 yards on the day and three touchdown passes. Zach Moss had 18 yards and one rushing touchdown. Stephon Diggs had nine receptions for 118 yards. Russell Wilson threw for 390 yards and two touchdown passes, but did have two INTs. DJ Dallas had 31 yards, and DK Metcalf had 118 yards receiving and one touchdown. However, the big story of the game was Seattle would turn the ball over four times. Three of those four turnovers came in the second half. Bears versus Titans. The struggling Bears traveled to Tennessee to take on the underrated Titans. The Bears offense would continue to falter and would score no points in the first half as normal. The Titans would jump out to a 10-0 lead. The Bears offense got even worse and had a fumble recovery by the Tennessee defense that led for another touchdown. Chicago would get three points thanks to a drive led by Nick Foles. It was 17-3 at the time. The next Titans drive ended a touchdown pass from Ryan Tannehill. The Titans had a 24-3 lead going into the final quarter. The Bears would make it close, make it 24-17 at the end, but it was too little too late. The Titans would hold on and win 24-17. Ryan Tannehill finished the game 10 of 21 for 158 yards, two touchdowns. Derek Hitler led Tennessee with only 68 yards rushing, first time in a while that he didn't rush for over 100 yards. A.J. Brown had four receptions for 101 yards and one touchdown. Nick Foles threw a record amount of times, 52 for 335 yards and two scores. David Montgomery had 30 yards rushing, and Allen Robinson had seven catches for 81 yards. Dolphins versus Cardinals. 
Two rising quarterbacks squared off in the desert. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals hosted Tua Tungavaloa and the Miami Dolphins. Speaking of up and coming, both teams, the Cardinals and Dolphins, were very young teams, but were going to be good for years to come, if they can stay healthy. Tungavaloa was just starting his second career start in the NFL. Miami would punt on their first possession, but would get a Cardinals fumble that resulted in a touchdown. Dolphins lead 7-0. The Cardinals would score thanks to a Kyler Murray touchdown pass. Both teams would continue to score in the first half. The Dolphins would get a field goal late in the first half to give Miami a 24-17 lead at the break. Arizona would outscore Miami in the second half, but it wasn't good enough. The Dolphins would get a field goal late, and the Cardinals would miss their field goal as the Dolphins would hold on and win 34-31. Tug of Aloha threw two touchdown passes and 248 yards. Devontae Parker had six catches for 48 yards. And on the other side, Kyler Murray threw for 283 yards, three touchdowns. He also led the team in rushing with 106 yards, and Christian Kirk had five catches for 123 yards and one score. Steelers versus Cowboys. The Pittsburgh Steelers were hoping to continue their undefeated season with a win over the struggling Dallas Cowboys. However, the game was more nerve-wracking for many Steelers fans. The Cowboys are having one of the worst seasons in a very, very long time. They're 2-6, and six, and their starting quarterback is out for the season. Even their backup quarterback is still hurt. Garrett Gilbert from the MAC would get his first career start replacing Ben DiNucci. The Cowboys would jump out to a 13-0 surprisingly lead on the undefeated Steelers. Pittsburgh would come back and make the trim lead trimmed at 13-9. The Cowboys would come back and take a 19-9 lead in the second half. The Steelers would score their first touchdown on a 31-yard pass from Big Ben to Juju Smith-Schuster. The Steelers would get a go-ahead touchdown thanks to a Ben Roethlisberger pass to Eric Ebron, although Pittsburgh would miss the two-point conversion and only have a five-point lead. The Steelers' defense would force a turnover and downs, but the Steelers' offense would do the same. Dallas had one more shot but came up just short. The Steelers would hold on to beat the Cowboys 24-19 and keep their undefeated season alive. Big Ben threw for 306 yards and three scores. James Conner had 22 yards. Smith-Schuster had 93 yards receiving and one touchdown. Garrett Gilbert, for his first game, threw for 243 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Tony Pollard had 57 yards on the ground. C.D. Lamb had 71 yards receiving and one touchdown in the air. Saints versus Bucks, a Sunday night showdown. The Buccaneers were the heavy favorites to top the New Orleans Saints. However, all the media was completely wrong. The Saints dominated Tampa on their way to a 38-3 win. The game got out of hand very quickly for Tampa Bay. The Saints would take a 31-0 lead at half. They would score on all of their possessions in the first half, but one that was a fumble that the Buccaneers offense could not, could not take advantage of and also had to punt. The Buccaneers punted five times. Drew Brees had a field day against the supposedly best defense in the league. The Saints in the fourth quarter took a 38-0 lead, but would allow the Buccaneers to get three points on the, in the closing seconds. Antonio Brown in his debut with the Buccaneers had 31 yards on three receptions. Brady threw three INTs while Taysom Hill had a few completions and led the team in rushing with 54 yards. Michael Thomas finally showed up for New Orleans after missing most of the season with an ankle and hamstring injury. Brady was under constant duress and couldn't shake off New Orleans' punishing defense. The Saints were able to shut down Ronald Jones, and he only had nine rushing yards for the whole game. As you can tell, the final score, New Orleans 38, Tampa Bay 3. Jets versus the Patriots. The Jets, well, they keep on being the Jets. Despite leading the whole game, they found another way to lose and are closer to being the only third team in the NFL history to not win a game in the season and maybe draft Trevor Lawrence in next year's draft. 
As you can probably already tell, the Patriots came back and squeaked by the New York Jets. Cam Newton averaged, played average, but it was good enough to win the game and get the Patriots their third win this season and get closer to somehow making the playoffs again under Belichick. The Jets dominated the first three quarters. The Jets were able to get 20 points in the first half and take a 10-point lead at one time. Joe Flacco had a great game. In the third quarter, New York would be able to score again, making it 27-17 lead. In the fourth quarter, here comes New England. They would get a field goal thanks to Nick Folk and Joe Flacco found a perfect time to throw an interception that led to another Patriots touchdown. The Jets would go three and out and give Patriots one more chance to win the game. And they did just that. New England drove down the field goal or down the field and got a last second 51-yard field goal kick by Nick Folk. Final score, New England 30, New York 27. Cam Newton was 27 to 35 for 274 yards. Devin Harris had 14 carries for 71 yards. And Jacoby Meyer had one of his best games this season with 169 yards on 12 receptions. On the flip side, Flacco threw 262 yards, three touchdowns, one INT. Frank Gore led the Jets in rushing with 46 yards. And Brashard Perriman, the former first-round pick out of UCF to Baltimore in 2015, had five receptions for 101 yards and one receiving touchdown. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Down Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If you haven't subscribed yet, just hit that button on the right. Don't forget to like, comment, and rate. Also, if you wanted to check out the other videos, just click the button on the left.